0: Are you ready to hear the word of God? Yes. Were you prepared to hear the word of God? Yes. So both are the same. I pray that God will speak to our hearts this afternoon. Many times, we all struggle in our life. And when we go through challenges in our life, there's one thing that we throw back to God. We throw this back at God when we face challenges. And the first question that comes out of our mouth when we face struggle is, why me, Lord? That's the first thing. And for thousands of years, this question has been ringing like a big bell in the life of every child of God. Why me, Lord, is the question that we ask. And I would like to ponder on two scriptures in order to answer this question. And I will be looking at two very fundamental scriptures. And if there's any time that you think this is the most important message in your life, because you will go through it, or you have already gone through it, But what will be your response matters to God and matters to your growth in your life. Because the Bible says, for all things, work together for our good. All things, no matter what they are. And these questions, sometimes we ask ourselves in our journey. And I've taken 10 simple questions. Can I have just press enter, sister? Ten simple questions, and I have asked. Number one is, why did God create me? The first question is, why did God create me? Question two is, why do I suffer? Is the question that we always ask when we go through problems in our life. My third question that we ask, why am I failing in life? Why am I lonely? Why is it every time that I am lonely in life, we ask that? The first question we ask, why is healing not my portion? And there are many who are sick in our midst. Or you have a family member in your, that you know of, and you find that that family member has been waiting for a long time for healing. And you ask, Lord, why isn't healing for my family member? They have done everything right, but why is that? The next one, why am I the only person struggling? Why is it that everywhere I go, I struggle? And everyone else is enjoying life, but I am the only one struggling. I'm doing everything that is right. Everything that is required by the book, I'm, I'm doing. I'm following the book till the last dot, but why is it that I'm struggling? Then comes the sixth one. Why are my prayers not answered? Why is it, Lord, that only my prayers? I find people giving testimony after testimony after testimony. But why is it when, when it comes for my turn, I am faithful to you, but I don't see my prayers answered? My seventh one is, why death happens in my family? Why is it? I hear people living a long time, but I see death happening in my family. Why is it, Lord? Why, God? Why did you save me? That's the next question when we go through. Why did God save me? My ninth question, why me? I am just a nobody. Why me? And lastly, I would like to say, these are the ten questions that I've seen and pondered over. Why do I exist in the first place in this world? And I don't know when, Whether you are a child or an adult or a grown-up person, somewhere one of these questions comes crying out of your heart. And you cry this question day after day, after month after month, and sometimes for years. And sometimes you may not get your answer. The reason I say you do not get your answer because you do not know your father. When you know your daddy. He will answer you in his time. Amen? In order to understand the first question that I have, we must go back to the beginning of creation. The first question, we need to go back to creation. And when God created the heavens and the earth, and when God had eternity in his mind in that process of creation, And eternity in the process of creation and eternity God had you and me in his mind just one amen Amen. God had you in his mind all along even before creating Adam and Eve you were there on his mind the Bible says and I would like to say always I have said this from this pulpit whenever God speaks you will hear it. Thank you. God bless you. Whenever God speaks, you will always hear it twice. There's a confirmation. If you paid attention to last week's message, very carefully, our brother started with the first scripture. And I'm having the same thing, and I was so joyful when that word came out from our brother. And I said, God, you are speaking, and we are going to hear it twice. In Genesis chapter 1, Verses 27, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, and we are going to answer the first question, the Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So what does exactly the scripture is trying to tell us? God created man in his own image. What is God trying to tell you? What is the word trying to tell us? We were created by God to image him in the world. That is our purpose. If you want to summarize this entire message, here is your word. You were created to image God in this world. In, let us look at one more scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and we who are unveiled faces all reflect the lord's glory how many of us can you see that all of us reflect the lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness it doesn't happen overnight day by day we get transformed into the likeness of our creator we are like mud And as we go through that process, and as we are put on that wheel, we are shaped and shaped and then polished, and we become more like him, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So you become like your creator when you receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He starts to make you like himself. Amen? Amen. According to Genesis 1, 26 and 27, Creation existed just for man. It was existed only for you and me. But since God made man like himself, man's dominion over the world was to fill the world. Listen carefully. To fill the world, to display the image and the glory of God. I want you to tell your neighbor, you were created to display the image and the glory of God. And neighbor, tell your brother who told you that, amen. amen. Man is given the exalted status of image-bearer. You are an image-bearer. If there's anything that you want to bear, bear his image. Only a few am- amens. Animals were not created to bear his image. The sun was not created. The moon was not created, nor any tree or plant or anything in, on creation. But you were created. But we were called not to be arrogant, depending upon ourselves and our own strength. Man tried to do that in the garden. And when he tried to depend upon his own strength, he fell. We need God all the time in our walk of life. But man, you were made to reflect your creator. Amen? God's purpose in creation... Therefore, was to fill the earth with his own glory. And how does he do that? By you and me. I'll give you a very clear example. If you look at Numbers chapter 14, Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, the Bible says, Nevertheless, it's on the screen, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, God says, All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And who is God talking about now? Who is he talking? Is he talking about angels or he's talking about man? To show you an answer, if you turn to Isaiah 43, verse 7, see what the Lord says here. Isaiah 43, verse 11, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my Glory! You see that? You were created for God's glory, whom I formed and made. Here the Lord refers to his people whom I created for my glory. So image bearers are God's transmitters. This is to remind us. This is still an abstract. I will show you something more concrete. When you stand in front of the mirror every day, we must ask ourselves this question sisters will you do me a favor every day before your loving husband your loving husband leaves the house you are going to ask him one question will you do that my sisters no one's answering <laughs> are you afraid of your husband pastors are here they'll take care of him we have the corner room there I want you to ask yourself one question. Am am I the splendor of God? Am I the image of God? Before you could leave your house, this is a big question. It's like a big bell that rings all the time. Am I the image of God in my workplace? Am I the image of God in my school? Am I the image and the splendor of God in my private life? And am I the image and the splendor of God in the church? Are you? One amen. What a pity, bread of life, church. You do not want to even be the splendor of him? Are you the image and the splendor of God? May it be according to your confession. Amen. Amen. Sisters, ask your husband that. Whatever you call him, say, go forth and be God's splendor. Go forth and be God's reflection. Go forth and be God's image in the world. And when he returns, ask him, were you the image of Christ? Ask him. Because in the office, he's a different man. <laughs> he will put on the righteous cloak when he walks in. Hello, darling, I had a beautiful dive." But ask him, darling, did you image him in the, in the office? Lastly, uh, my brother asked a nice question last week, and I I wanted to ponder over it still a little more detail. When the Pharisees tried to trap him, and they asked him about money, who will they serve? And Jesus took a coin, and he says, whose image did you see on it, correct? And he says, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and unto God what belongs to God. I want to add to that, do you know we are like that coin that we are passed from one person to another person to another person. And that coin that is you, you will reflect somebody. When you go to heaven, and when you stand before the throne room of grace, the angels will ask you, whose image is he bearing? Is he bearing the image of his creator, or is he bearing the image of Caesar, which is the world? And if you have the image of Caesar in you, you will only receive one answer. My son, my daughter, I don't know you. But God, I went to church. I prayed. I did everything that you wanted. But I don't see my son's image in you. I only see the image of Caesar reflecting continuously in you. But God, I was busy. You don't know what it is to have a wife and to have children and to work. But who you chase after, who you run after, who you love, you will bear only that image in your life. If you run after God and his word and his will, it is his will that will reflect in your life. If you run after anything other than God, that's the reflection you will have till the end. And you cannot camouflage it with anything else. I beg you in the name of Jesus, run after him. And get his reflection into your life. Amen. For question number two to six, there are many answers. But I had the simplest answer which I asked God at the end of my struggles. Why not, Lord? Instead of asking, why, why, why? Is God your creator? Who created you, my brothers and sisters? Even to answer the most simple, it, you have to talk to me. I love you. I love you with all my heart. Who is your creator? God. If God is your creator, you can trust in him. Put all your money in the bank and say, if he is my creator, why not, Lord? No matter what I'm going through, I will trust in you. Amen. That's the surety that you have. The greatest bank where your money will not be stolen from you. You can go back and say, God, why not the struggle? You are with me. Amen? Amen. God sometimes allows Christians to suffer in order that they might learn the secret of obedience. Don't question him. First look at your life if you are totally obedient to him. Psalm 119 Verse 67, we see the great man. We see the man after God's own heart, what he says. If you look at 119, verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Many times we think we are righteous, and we think we, are, we justify our righteousness. Here is a man after God's own heart, David learned total obedience only after suffering and going through that period where he realized I was disobedient to my creator's instruction. Brethren, if you're struggling this afternoon and you have asked yourself this question, I don't want you to put your hands up. Don't ever put your hands up. If you have asked this question, why me, Lord, I beg you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, learn to be still before him. Be silent before him and say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. And when you know his word, he will reveal to you why. Amen? I want you to keep one thing in your mind about the dark clouds that you see around you. Always remember, above those dark clouds that you are standing, there is a ray of light that is waiting to penetrate through you. That cloud will not be over your head all the days of your life. There is going to be a time that the cloud is going to be lifted up for you, and the presence of God is going to be magnified in your life. Amen? God has a purpose and a design for your life, and whatever is happening for you, at you at this time, is for your good. Whatever be it, it is for your good. Amen? Amen. My first point, God uses trials in a believer's life for several reasons. I'm going to show you those reasons. Number one, they purify us. I want you to tell your neighbor, your trials will purify you. (laughs) Now, neighbor, don't tell him that I don't have trials. Either you have gone through it and you are already purified. Just a little more chip that you need. A little more shine that you need. So, they purify us. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 to 9. The Bible says, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a a little while you may have have to suffer grief in all kinds of trouble. You see that? You will have trouble. You will have grief. You will have it in various ways. These have come so that your faith, each of and every one of you have faith. Do you know that? Amen? Yes. You have faith. It says, so it says, of greater worth than gold. You see, your faith is more costly than gold. You can bring your gold after that to me, yes. and you can have faith. I won't see you after church now. This door, that's door you 'll run if I come and ask you where 's your goal you' say, Brother, I never heard that that is for pastor, not for me psalm sixty six verse ten The Bible says, "For you, O God, tested us, you refined us like silver. You see that You and I, through our trials, are refined, are refined, are refined like the purest metal. Amen. if you look. These trials will make us rely on God and on God's grace alone, Amen. Trials will make you, as you walk with the Lord. Trials will make you depend upon and rely on Him. Number two, trials will always draw us closer to Christ in our daily walk. And sometimes, when people say they are going through trials, I'm sorry. Don't misunderstand me. In my heart, I say thank you, Lord. Do you know why? Only then you will come back to God. If you do not have trials, you will depend upon your strength and you can think that you can do whatever you want. Nothing is going to happen. There are consequences for every action of us. There are consequences and we cannot get rid of the consequences we've seen in the life of David. When he sinned, when David took Bathsheba, He was forgiven, but there were consequences he had to pay. The sword did not depart from his family. The child, which did no wrong, was killed. So be careful when you do something, because there are consequences to every action of yours. James tells us that our trials increases our patience because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So this is what the trials do. James chapter 1, verses 3, 4, and 12. James 1, 3, 4, and 12. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work. Perseverance must finish its work. So there is a course so that you may be mature and complete. You seen that? So when perseverance comes, when your trials come, God is doing it so that you become complete, perfect the way he wants to make you. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So when you're going through testings, remember one thing, there is a reward for you. Amen? Amen. As we submit our lives under God's anointing and the Holy Spirit... God's glory begins to get revealed in us slowly. Sometimes you may not realize it, but people around you will be able to see there is something in you that is different. You may not see it, but they will see the presence of God being magnified in your life in that. Galatians chapter 12, verse 2. Let us look at Galatians chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible says, my strength... Look at that. My strength that is in trusting and drawing closer to God is made perfect in weakness. You see that? Your strength is made perfect in weakness. The unbeliever who suffers, the one who does not believe in Christ Jesus, who suffers, he has no hope or assurance that he will be delivered from his trials. He has nothing. He tries it his own way. But a child of God who goes through it, their hope is in the Lord. Amen? Let us see Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. The reason I'm giving so much of scriptures for this point, because this point of why me, Lord, can only be answered by the word of God. Because my experience will not satisfy you. Because that's my experience. That's the reason I'm giving such quotations. So that the scripture will take you through your journey. Amen? Amen. In Galatians 6 verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Listen to that. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. This is the word of God. It's not my word. The one who sows to please is sinful nature. From that nature will reap destruction, the Bible says. So be careful what you sow in your life. If you sow murder, you will reap murder. Look on again, it says, The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Can I hear an Amen. That should be our portion in Jesus' name because you're sowing in the Spirit and your reward is eternal life with God. Amen. Brethren, God sees us from the beginning to the end. He knows when you are weak. I know many of us are weak. He knows it. Remember one thing God wants to refine you like Himself. He knows your weakness, He knows your struggle. He knows what you're going through. Don't think you're the only one person suffering. There are many people like you who are going through that same journey, struggling to overcome a weakness. Come back to God. Get back to God and say, God, I've tried. It's not working. I've tried it. My own strength is not working. I want to come back to you. Amen? Amen. The Bible says we will be rewarded for our suffering. We will be rewarded for our suffering. Tell your neighbor that. You will receive your reward for your suffering. Because Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 and 12, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. You should only be persecuted for righteousness, not as a murderer, not as a swindler, But for righteousness you should be, because verse 12 says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. Amen? Amen. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's the reason we receive strength from the Lord to comfort others who are suffering. So remember only one thing, when you're going through your trials... God enables you, he fills you and somebody else is going through the same trial and suddenly God gets you both together and you comfort that person and say, don't worry, there is hope in Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's the reason God loves you because God is preparing you. He says, I have to choose somebody because there's my son who's going to go through or my daughter's going to go through... Some trial. I have to prepare one of my instruments, and God chooses you. So don't think that you're suffering because of because of anything wrong. God is preparing you to meet someone else's need. Amen. Amen. We are going to have a drama now. Ng for C is going to do a drama, and it's called the Center of His Will. But before, as they get ready, we look at one scripture: Romans chapter 8, verse 18. The Bible says, the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Amen.
1: Who wouldn't be skeptical when a man claims to have a conversation with Jesus? What I'm about to tell you may sound too good to be true, but... That does not mean that is impossible. Stephen was a born again believer, but unlike most people, he had a story that changed his life and would touch the lives of those around him. That morning, Stephen was at a cafe while he waited for an old friend to arrive.
2: Stevie! Hey, Ollie! Buddy!
3: How have you been, man? It's been such a long time. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a while since anybody's called me that. Well, that was one of the decent ones we came up with. Let's (laughs) have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh.
2: I was really happy to know you're visiting back to Oman. And I was really surprised to get your message on Facebook.
3: Well, what can I say, Stevie? Um, things haven't been going too well, you know? So I thought I'd come back home to try to find something, I guess, you know?
2: Oh, hola. I'm really sorry to hear that. But don't you forget what we learned back at our youth camp. Let it hail, let it snow,
3: but But our God's God's in control control of Of the the show. show. Well, um, listen, Stevie, I'm not the same guy anymore, you know? That was a long time ago. You may have changed though, but our God, he
2: stays the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore.
3: Okay. What happened man? Where's the real Stevie? When did you get so holy?
2: <laughs> well, that's a long story.
3: Do you have something better to do? Cause, I've got plenty time. Okay then.
2: Let me take you back in time. Do you remember our graduation day?
3: Um, yeah? Wait, are you gonna sing a song?
2: Oh, with a grateful heart With a song of praise With an outstretched shine I'll bless your name Thank you, Lord i just wanna thank you lord thank you lord i just wanna thank you lord thank you lord i come before you today Oh, you took my darkness and gave me your light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched hand, oh, I bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Things that I cannot see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, a wildness name.
3: still in control of the show. He's been so good to you.
2: At that time, yes, I thought my life was perfect. But Ollie, have you ever wondered why God allows bad things to happen to his very own people? Yeah, man.
3: That's exactly how I feel. My life is a mess. But, Stevie, are you complaining? You have everything. Yes, he gave me everything.
2: And as long as everything was going my way, I was happy. But the moment my perfect life began to crumble, that's when I knew I needed God the most. doing to you buddy we are not promised a pain free life but through the pain he promises to walk with us
3: Um, okay if that's what you want to believe who am I to judge Um, are you thirsty where's the waiter oh how's your son by the way he was really sick right TV
2: Everything. You are there everywhere. You have unlimited power and yet you let my little son die. You abandoned him when he needed you the most. <laughs> my son,
4: when all you see is your pain, you lose sight of me. My plan and my purpose for your son was fulfilled and it was my will him to come home.
2: No. No. no,
0: Stephen.
4: I want to heal this wound that is growing inside you. (laughs) There is no easy answer or cure that will take your pain away. All I'm asking of you
2: is for you to trust me. Trust you? Why would I do that? All my life I've been faithful to you. And look at it. I've lost my job. I've lost my relationship with my wife, and now my little boy, you let him die. Son,
4: (coughs) you're trying to make sense of your life based on a very incomplete picture. If you only knew how much I love you and the plans I have towards you, then even when you don't understand my ways, you would still know that I
2: am at work in your life for good. How can all this pain and suffering be for my good? How can you say that you love me and yet put me and my family through so much of pain? Are you doing all this just to punish me? Is that who you think I am,
4: Stephen? No wonder you're drowning in sorrow. (laughs) My plans towards you are for good and not for evil. I can work incredible things through your pain and suffering. But that does not mean I orchestrate your pain or take joy in your suffering.
2: I don't understand. Why? My son,
4: you may not understand my ways, but
2: you need to
4: know that in all things, you are at the center of my will and my love. Now, can you trust me to do what is best for you? (laughs) No, no.
3: It's a pleasure to meet you. I've heard so much about you.
1: Honey, we have to go. I have an appointment.
3: Oh yes, we should be get going.
2: It was a pleasure meeting you. God's in control of the show.
1: (sighs) You know the story. You have witnessed the truth. No. I'm not talking about the story which was enacted. I'm talking about you. Are you drowning in sorrow? And worried about your tomorrow? Are you stuck in your journey? Unable to fulfill your destiny? Or do you question his ways? Realizing he's the way? Now ask yourself, where do you stand? And are you in the center of his will?
0: Give him I call upon ng to quickly come forward. Come quickly. Jabba, come. Church let's give them a big hand I have one more request if you could stretch forth your hands and bless them and tell God you have began a good work in their lives fulfill it till the end of their journey that they will never depart from you. No storms, no danger, no perils will ever take them away from your perfect will. Each child that is here in the pulpit and the children who are in the Friday school and all of us, God fulfill. Fulfill your destiny in their lives, Lord God, that they will be a part of your plan. For the next generation, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you and God bless you. <clears throat> this play was put in a very short time, almost you could say, I think one month. They sat together, and we knew only it is the Lord who brought it to completion. And each and every one of them, each and every one of them did their best and God blessed it. I want to continue my message since I have just 15 minutes. I will give you the treasures of the next part of the scripture. If you look very carefully, it is very important that we know the purpose of our life. Number one, we are successful only when we accomplish the perfect will of God if we do not accomplish what God created us for in this world we have failed each and every one of you were created for a purpose ask God, God what is the purpose that you made me not to enjoy life that is secondary, it will be a part but there is a purpose that God created you God I want to fulfill that purpose Till the last breath of my life And nothing in heaven Nothing on earth Nothing will take me away from your presence That should be our cry towards God Number one We are going to look at Psalm 139 Verses 1 to 18 Very quickly God knows all about you Tell your neighbor God knows all about you Number one you think that you, people do not know you. God knows your character. Verse 1, Psalm 139, the Bible says, O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. God knows your character. Number 2, God knows your conduct. Verse 2 says, Though thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising, thou compassest my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. God knows everything about your conduct. Number three, God knows your thoughts. Every thought that you think in private, everything that you think nobody knows, God knows your thought. The Bible says in verse 2, Thou understandest my thought far off. Whatever you are thinking, God knows about it, my brothers and sisters. The second one, God is always with you. You might be gone far away from him. You have been thinking that you are far away from him. No. God is with you wherever you have gone. He was with you where you started. He is still with you where you are. You have left the presence of God, but God has not left you. Amen? Because the verse 5 says... Thou hast beset me behind and before And laid thy hands upon me So matter where you go His hands are upon you Upon your children Upon your children's children Amen Amen. Jeremiah 23 verse 24 The Bible says Can any hide himself in secret places That I shall not see Says the Lord Do not I fill the heavens and the earth Says the Lord You cannot hide in any secret place God is there with you My third point, death cannot hide you. Many people, they think, if I can commit suicide, I am rid of all my problems. No. Suicide will separate you from the presence of God. It's not scriptural. It will take you to hell. Never think that you can run away from it. When he calls you, he will call you. Don't take the short route out When you are suffering through problems and trials Verses 7 and 8 Whether I go from thy spirit Or whether I shall flee from thy presence If I send into heaven Thou art there If I make my bed in hell Thou art there My brother and sisters God reigns on this earth God reigns in heaven And God reigns in hell also Because he has the key to hell He knows who to send and who not to send. My fourth point, distance doesn't hide you from God. Distance doesn't. Verses 9 and 10, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost part of the seas, even there shall thy hand lead me, thy right hand shall hold me. Has it ever occurred to you that God doesn't go anywhere? Wherever you go, he is already there. So don't think of running and hiding somewhere. He is already waiting for you. Amen? Five, darkness doesn't hide you from God. Pay attention. Darkness doesn't hide you from God. Many of us think, if I commit a sin, nobody sees. God sees you. Do not. No matter what be the sin, don't run after it. Sin will deceive you. It will separate you from God. It will take you away from the presence of God. You cannot hide from God in darkness. Verse 11 and 12, the Bible says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Hey, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both like to thee. Amen. My sixth point, God has a purpose for your life. Can you honestly tell that and with faith tell that to your neighbor? God has a purpose for your life. Neighbor, tell that to that brother and sister who is beside you. God has a purpose for your life. My brothers and sisters, you are not an accident. Many of us think that we are born by accident. There is no accident in the kingdom of God. You were formed in your mother's womb by divine plan and purposes of God. God made you because he had a purpose in your life. He formed you in your mama's womb. It is God who knitted you together. He has a great and a mighty plan for you. Amen. To show you that, verses 13 to 15, the Bible says, For thou hast possessed my reign, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously brought into the lowest part of the earth. God took you out. And formed you he put his breath into you you are the power of God you are the anointing of God you are the instrument of God you are his mouthpiece when he speaks you will speak amen that's the reason be careful what comes from your mouth anything that comes from your mouth wait and see with this what God wants me to speak I will speak it don't throw your words Because you cannot take it back. My last point. God has you constantly in his heart. Every beat of his. As he walked on that road. And as he took each step to the cross. And as the blood fell from him. You were on his mind. Not the stars, the moon, the sun, the planets. He took every step to Calvary thinking about you. What are we supposed to do every step of ours towards till our life end? We should say, God, I want you to be on my mind. If there's ever I'm going to take a step, I want you, Jesus. If I'm going to stop, I want you, Jesus. Every step of yours, let it be anointed with God. And God will direct your steps. Amen? Verse 17 and 18. How precious also Are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Can you imagine that? More than the sand in the seashore is his thoughts over you and me. Amen? Amen. So how do we respond to this loving God? We have seen the skit of Stephen taking all through his journey From a little boy, growing up, having a job, everything going well. And when he showed the background of his life, at the moment, Ola thought everything was good. And Ola even said, oh, you have a God, why not? But when he went through trials, and even he shot back, he realized without Jesus, he would not have made it. That's what I want to tell you today. You can't make it in journey without Christ. Only Jesus can take you through your journey. Whether you go through mountains, you go through valleys, you go through any parts of the desert, hold on to him. He has never let go of you. I want you to bow your heads. As our pastor comes to close, I want you to, if you are asking this question to God, I want every head to be bowed. Please don't lift up your heads. Just raise your hand and tell God I had had this question. I have asked you several times this question. When I went through journeys, this question came in my heart. Why me, Lord? Lift up your hand towards heaven and say, God, from today onwards, I will trust in you. I will put my total trust in you. For I know your plans towards me are good. Your plans towards me are honorable. Your plans towards me to prosper me. We thank you, Father, for hearing the cry of each and every child here. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, even with those words
5: still ringing in our ears, let's stand as we close this service. But I still want you to ask that question. Who am I, Lord? Lord? Why have you created me? You are not an accident. And you are here with a purpose. If so, what is that? Don't ask your neighbor why, who he is. Don't ask the purpose of your neighbor's life. Talk to yourself. Who am I? Why am I here? Who's in charge? In 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9, we have these beautiful words. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Today, can you say that you are a chosen generation? Can you honestly say that you are God's special people? Do you know him? Does he know you? Because if you don't know the Lord, you actually can't say that. You need, you need to take a call on your life. In just a few seconds, is there anyone here who says, I want to know this Lord? I want to know this saviour. I want to know he who can give me peace in the storm. If, it's, if you are the person, just put up your hands. Don't worry about the person next to you, whether his eyes or her eyes are open or closed. Because this is your call. You need to take a call. If you know you are here, say, thank you, Lord. And talk to God and say, thank you for, thank you, Lord, that you made me. Thank you, Lord, that you created me. Thank you, Lord, that you formed me. Thank you, Lord, that you knew me from way before I was born. And thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose in my life. Talk to God right now. Thank him for who you are. Thank him that you are not living a purposeless life. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord. Truly, we are blessed this day, Lord Father. To be reminded, Lord Father, that there is a purpose in my life. I am not here by accident. And nothing happens in my life that you are not aware of. We thank you, Lord, that through it all, your hand has always been, out, has been stretched out to me, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that through it all, you have always welcomed us into your bosom, Lord. And our peace and our comfort and our joy has been in your presence. Father, thank you, Lord, that we have that hope. Thank you, Lord, that we have that assurance, Lord, that in you is our everything. Thank you, Father, for every person you have used this day. Thank you, Father, for the young people that we have in our church, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless them mightily, Lord. All the talents that you have put in them, Lord, Father. May it glorify you, Lord. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use them, empower them, anoint them, Lord, Father. That they shall be mighty people to you, Lord, Father. That they shall touch lives, Lord, Father. Father, I thank you for every one of us gathered here, Lord, Father. I thank you, Father, for your servants through whom you brought the word across to us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to anoint him and bless him and his family, Lord. That they shall continue to be a blessing to us as he brings us the word more and more, Lord. Father, thank you for every one of us gathered here, Lord. And as we depart, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to reign and rule in our lives. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.